0: Welcome back to the Dream Lab series podcast where we go behind the mindset of high achievers. My name is Audrey Diaz Robles and I am a confidence coach.
1: I am Sabrina Castillo, life and leadership coach, and we are excited for today's episode. Audrey really um, showed me who this amazing mom is. And I wish you could see my expression because you'd see how excited I am. Um, Dr. B, if you are not following her on Instagram, you're missing your daily dose of confidence and everything that you need to be able to move confidently through your mom journey. She's a mom coach. And, you know, without further ado, I'm going to introduce Dr. B just so that you can get to know a little bit more about her and everything that she has to offer. Welcome.
0: Thank you. Hi. We're so excited to
2: have you here. Like, I've been looking forward to this so much. Thank you guys for having me. I am excited to be here as well. Before we get into it, can you tell our
0: listeners where to find you so they could be checking out your content while we're talking?
2: Absolutely. Um, You all mostly can probably follow me on Instagram. It is at Brooke, and then half of my last name, W-E-I-N-S-T. Or you can find me doing some fun stuff on TikTok. (laughs) And I think that one's Brooke Weinstein. Um, But for all the juicy, good stuff, I would go to Instagram. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, Well, I guess I will say first, Again, thank you all for having me, and I love your mission, and I love what you are both doing um, for women and for moms. Um, I am a doctor of occupational therapy. I have been in this field for a little too long, over more (laughs) than a decade. Um, I started in pediatrics, and I did that for about 10 years Um, I started in the hospital setting and found very quickly that the way in which healthcare is set up in the hospital system is seeing children back to back to back to back every 30 minutes once a week. And these parents were coming in with such high hopes that I individually would be able to, honestly, I don't love this word, but quote, fix, like Mm -hmm. fix what was going on with their kiddos and help their kids, you know, and that model was not working. And it was heartbreaking, because I went to school to make an impact. And I knew I wanted Mm -hmm. to impact children, hands down. That was my goal since I was probably a sophomore in high school, I knew I wanted to do this. And um, I then Left the hospital system, opened up my own business uh, so that I could impact the lives of children in the way that I wanted, which included more parent education and being able to say, Look, I'm here. Let me guide you. Let me show you what I'm doing so you can learn this and take this home and incorporate this into your daily life. And I had that business for about six years with a business partner. And, um, it went wonderfully. I'm so proud of that journey and all that I learned from it. And during that time of owning that brick and mortar store or company, I guess you could say, business, I also had my own two preemies. Mm-hmm. And I recognized the feeling of burnout and the feeling of being stretched so incredibly thin that. I continually was shaming myself and guilting myself for feeling like I was doing a whole bunch of things. I was being the mom and the caregiver and the CEO and the wife. And I mean, you name it, right? We all know that list. I was doing all of that and I wasn't doing any one thing particularly well Mm. because or felt that I was doing anything particularly well because I was doing way too much without giving back to myself and way too much without taking care of myself. And ultimately, my former partner um, had a job opportunity in Austin, Texas. And when I was faced with the decision of letting my business go and stepping away from my career for his, at first I was like, hold up. Wait a minute. Mama's got, you know, mama's got this too. And then I took a moment and just kind of silenced the peanut gallery of family and friends and loved ones and said, let me sit with this. And I recognized that I was stretched way too thin. And I stepped away from that business. And what that allowed me to do was not only process how my business went. helped me process my own parenting. I became a stay-at-home mom during that year and a half um, of getting my children settled here in Austin and really doing some deep dives into my own life and into my own family, as well as being able to process through the highs, the lows, the goods, the bads, what went well, what didn't within my career and my former business And with that knowledge came the understanding of putting two pieces together of my own life, my own experience, and shifting some of my own parenting and taking care of myself. And the work I had done and seen within my clinic of these moms looking at me when I was like, well, you can do this, this, and this at home. And this is how you do this. And this is, this is, this is this. this." They were like, "Uh uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, great. I'll see you next week. Like, Mm-hmm. I understood why I wasn't impacting the child the way I wanted, because moms are stretched so incredibly thin. They do not have time to put any more on their plate, right? So if your child is struggling in school, what do you do? You hire out, you get a tutor. If your child is struggling with handwriting or sensory issues or any type of you know occupational need, what do you do? You hire an OT, right? outsource because you don't have the you do not have the time you actively don't have it and there's books there's podcasts right we're on this and this is exactly how you learn there's courses there's there's everything out there in the world now right yeah but sometimes we it doesn't stick like we listen but it's like great i heard that i hear it but like it's not sticking like. That was so great. But, like, I still feel shame and guilt. Like, what? And this avenue and this coaching that I do and that I provide to women is built out of the neuroscience behind what I learned in school. And it's basically what I've recognized is that we now understand for children this idea of sensory processing and how our nervous system works and really truly understanding that fight or flight, right? Of like a bear is chasing me. I am going to completely shut down, right? And have a meltdown or a tantrum. That's kid form. Adult form is I'm burnt out. I have anxiety. Like I have tons Mm -hmm. of anxiety. I'm just going to shut down and not say how I feel or take care of myself. And in order to regulate your emotions and in order to get rid of the shame, the guilt, in order to take care and learn how to take care of yourself, you have to rewire your brain. You have to understand how to take care of yourself. You have to be able to understand, does meditation work for me? Does yoga or do I need to scream into a pillow or do I need to run five miles? What does my body need for me? And that is why there are so many different workout tools in the world and there are so many different types of tool like a tools, right? Because each one fits a different need for each individual. And if you have no idea how to take care of yourself, absolutely no idea, which you may think you do, but then you hear what I'm saying, you're like, oh, she's oh, oh yeah. Like, oh I have no idea. Right. Right. Then If you understand this information and you're living this way, there is absolutely no book you need to be continuing to learn from because and feel like you have the how to's piled up next to your bed. Because if you want to be a conscious parent, if you want to provide your children an understanding of emotional intelligence, you will be living that way for yourself. So it naturally will be given to them. And that is how. I am now finally able to impact the child in the exact way I wanted to starting out my career 10 minutes later. That is who I am.
1: (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Number one, I love all of that because I'm going to break three things down that you said that are super important because I just want people to, I hope they heard what they needed to hear, but I'm going to what i heard because i also think sometimes Love that amplifying is important number Tell one what you heard you had, a you had a vision to impact kids lives
0: mm-hmm. but
1: you didn't stay in the one that you started just because mm-hmm. you felt the need to feel validated in that role and it's evolved mm-hmm. three times from what i heard which is mm-hmm. amazing i feel mm-hmm. like just hearing that gives me permission to being like okay yes i want to impact this group but it's going to evolve it might look Mm -hmm. different Mm -hmm. and now the kids who need that patient mom Mm -hmm. get that because you're teaching them those tools to be present for themselves you're teaching them the tools to be consciously Mm -hmm. aware of how they're showing up for their day and how that impacts their children so Mm -hmm. i love that um this is a little bit of cheating of what i heard but it it triggered a post that you posted that i thought was like Mm -hmm. mind-blowing this idea that we keep taking on mm-hmm. as if it's like our job, like, we're our, and, and like badges, right? We're like, we're on, on, on. And I think you posted once about how we've not only taken on everything that we used to do from back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever that means for people, like whichever generations they come from or what's expected of a woman, but we've also piled on everything new that mm-hmm. we want, that society's put on us and all of that. So. Mm-hmm. You know, the question that I have to kind of follow up on those two things is, you're right, there's there's a mom out there who has the to-do books piled up, right, might be a little bit mm-hmm. of that. Um, all the books, you have all the podcasts, you have all the courses, but where do you start to give yourself that permission to even, what's the question we should be asking ourselves to saying like, okay, I had this idea of helping, you know, kids in this way, I'm a doctor, but I'm going to let this go or this business isn't working and I'm going to let this go, but my mission doesn't change. Right? Like I'm still, Mm -hmm. by changing my mind doesn't mean I'm not true to my mission. Right? So Mm -hmm. what does that process look like? Where can a mom start
0: Mm -hmm.
1: from that vision that you put up there? Like they have everything, right? All the books, all the courses, Mm -hmm. and they're just looking for that
2: one simple step. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the biggest piece of advice and the first place to start is awareness of your feelings and ownership of those feelings, awareness and ownership. Um, it is so crucial to be able to say, I am exhausted. I am tired. I am sad. I need help. Like it is so vitally important because the first step to taking care of yourself is saying like, great, great, Brooke. Thanks for letting me know. I got to take care of myself. Yeah. 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 Self-care. But like, I don't know what I need. Like, I don't even know what a manicure is. Like, what are you talking about? Like I've been stuck in this house for months. Like Mm -hmm. what, how do I get that when I'm a stay at home mom, I have to cook, I have to clean. Like you got it like i got, i got that like i'm all in on that but what i would like is for each individual to slow down and just say how do i feel today like i know i got that list to do but like how do i feel and do you just feel like crap do you just feel like crawling back in your bed and picking up a book and saying, the errands—that's not going to get done. The laundry—I'll do it tomorrow. My body, my body needs a break, and I can feel it. And I'm going to give it. Yeah. So if we can't recognize how we're feeling, then there's no humanly way possible to start that self-care and take care of yourself. So the number one tip I can give is to start this whole process. Is how do I feel? And and. Asking you, and I say ownership because if you remember with my ten-minute story of how I got to this point in my life, I said I quieted the peanut gallery mm. to figure out what I wanted in my life. Like not my incredible parents saying, "Brooke, you've you have done an incredible job. Like you have built this business. Like and now you're just going to let it go." And like I, and then my partner saying, "Like this is a great opportunity. We should like." I quieted everyone, even though I asked their opinions. I just said, "Okay, you know what? I need a minute to figure out how I feel. And what came up for me changed the course of my entire life for the better. And if I hadn't done that and if I hadn't taken time to figure out how I felt and figure out and own my feelings, I have no idea if I would be living here or still in New Orleans. I don't know that. So you must. You must take ownership of your feelings, and you must be able to become aware of them.
0: It's so important that you say that. Um, I share a lot that during my last pregnancy, I right before then I was like this hustler and always on the grind and always achieving, achieving, achieving. And I felt like from the moment I became pregnant, it's like all of my ambition went out the window. Mm-hmm. And that time was so important for me, like the pregnancy and postpartum for so much self-reflection in my life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I emerged out of that a different person. And there were parts of me sometimes that I'm like, well, what's wrong with me? Like I need to be achieving something. I need to be doing something. And that self-awareness was so important because I needed to have a conversation with myself, talk to myself. And something like, no, what you actually feel right now is that you need peace. You need clarity. You need Mm -hmm. to slow down because that voice telling me that I needed to achieve. That's the peanut gallery. Like like what I was thinking, other people were thinking about me at that time. Like, why Mm. isn't she doing anything? But then I realized because I'm listening to you and I'm like, okay, well, you need a break. But I'm still a mom with a thousand things to do. And so many of us listening have businesses that we're running or businesses that we want to start. And I found that because I took that break, I'm so much more invigorated in this business because I took the time to understand myself and what's really driving me at this point in my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. So okay. that balance is important, even though sometimes I could feel like, well, how am I supposed to ever find that as a mom? But it's possible.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is possible. And I so often. See that we need to continue going or we should be going. Mm. And what I love that you said was, you know, my expression to you all was that I quieted the physical peanut gallery, right? Like family, friends. But Audrey, what you said was that you basically had to quiet the peanut gallery in your own head. Yes. And it reminded me, of one of my other posts that I said, if, excuse me, if someone spoke to you the way you speak to yourself, you wouldn't make it, that person would not make it to lunchtime. Mm -hmm. You would kick that person out the door. And sometimes we self-sabotage or we do these crazy, crazy things because of our own voice in our head. And we all have one. We all have one and we all um, need to become aware of it and check that homie at the door. It's like that mean girl inside of you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, check yourself, like name, name that person. Be like, all right, girlfriend, like you're going to be checked at the door for the day. Like I'm, I'm pushing through here. And that is for sure societal norms. That is for sure conditioning from childhood. That is for sure um, pressure being placed upon ourselves of how we should show mm-hmm. up versus how we must show up, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Our shoulds—you can should all over. I should do this, and I should, and I should this, and I should that. But what must you do, like? I should really do the laundry right now. No, I I must take a break. Like I must sit my ass down and take a break. And it's so vitally important to own those feelings and own that awareness for yourself. And then the process can start taking care of yourself. Then that process can be like, okay, what does this look like for me? Like, all right, I need a break. Now, like, what does that break look like? I don't know what I need. I don't know what will fulfill me. I don't know what will move this energy. I don't know what will regulate my sensory system. I don't know what will get me off of fight or flight to be able to move into homeostasis, right?
1: right.
2: And that's where we do the work. So I think what you just said right now are
1: two keywords that
2: I kind of want to break
1: down for people because I know you work with moms and you coach them through this process. but. Sometimes we are overwhelmed, we're on overload of the sensory overload, and we are in this panic mode. But we're Mm -hmm. so accustomed to it, we don't even realize it, right? Like, nope. you're just like, wait, what? So the first time I heard about sensory overload, I was like, yes, actually, yes to a lot of that. Can you break down what that is and what that fight or what is it, fight or flight? Absolutely. Just so people, if someone's listening, they'll be like, maybe
2: I feel that way. But I know once they hear it, it's going to be a lot of like, yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Um, And I also have an IGTV on this as well that um, a lot of people found pretty helpful. So you can definitely check that out as well. Um, So our nervous system is broken into our sympathetic and our parasympathetic. And one takes care of your heart, your brain, your muscles. It takes care of how your body continues to pump blood, right? The other side is all of the emotional aspect, all of the um, moving from the brain to the body, how you feel it in your body and what actions happen. So it's regulating your, your neurons, right? Your, like I say, your nervous system, And for the purpose of what I do, we more focus on our emotions and our nervous system and how that shows up in your body in a sensory fashion. Um, And basically, when I explain to you all, you ask the first step, like, how do you feel? Right? You got to take ownership of your feelings. The next step is, where do I feel this? Like, what is coming up for me? So I want you all to think of how you would feel if you had your most embarrassing, or you brought up the story of your most embarrassing moment, or how you felt when someone you loved passed away and you were grieving. That isn't just a word. Like grief isn't just a word. There's a physical feeling of grief, right? And that sensory piece is how you physically feel it in your body, right? So you're going on a date, you're so freaking nervous. There are butterflies all up in there, right? That is how your body is sensory organizing or how that emotion is coming up in your body. And in order to regulate the butterflies in your stomach or in order to regulate your shoulders lifted high or your clenched jaw or your your clenched forehead or whatever is going on, right? Once we figure out where you're feeling it, you are able to then take care of yourself and be able to get back down and calm those nerves to simply show up as like, hey, I'm Brooke, what's up? And you can remain at a consistent level rather than feeling like you, you have a bear chasing you all the time because you understand how to actively take care of yourself. So for instance, let me give you a very, very concrete example. Tell me if this blows your mind. You ready? Let's mm-hmm. go to sensory eating, okay? I'm sorry, emotional eating, my, my fault. Emotional eating. We think it's tied to emotions. Hands down, it's tied to emotions. That's why it's called emotional eating. But when you're a child and you're bored because you're bored in the house because of COVID, right? We all know the song. Um, and they say, I'm hungry. And you're like, dude, you just had a snack. They're like, I'm, I'm hungry. Uh, you're like, okay, well, like, here's another snack. Like, you think, like, so many people were like, get my kid to stop snacking, get my kid to stop snacking. You guys, when you're anxious, when you're feeling anxious, there's butterflies in your stomach, right? For children, that could translate into hunger, right? And so they say, I'm hungry. And what's socially accepted is, sure, if you're hungry, here's another snack, not here is a piece of gum here is a chewy tube here is this here is that don't bite on your shirt that's not acceptable like we, the socially acceptable thing is to just chew and moving your jaw is a form of sensory regulation because it is moving the energy out of your body right so let's say you are having anxiety and butterflies in your stomach, you may go for a run and feel so much better after that run. Same thing with emotional eating. It's your jaw that's doing the movement. And so we must be able to learn this for ourselves in moments like that, of what do you need and how to take care of those emotions. And if you understand that, you'll be able to impart that wisdom onto your children of Showing up as yourself or showing up as saying, you can just say, Hey, when they're asking for another snack, how are you feeling right now? And they may say, oh, I'm a little bored, or like, I'm actually, I'm sad, or I'm anxious, or this or that. And you start to teach them emotions. You start to teach them where do they feel it? Where is it coming up in their body? And so, this all has a whole cycle of adult and parent awareness. Yeah. To be able to learn the difference of taking care of yourself and then how to help them understand how to take care of themselves. Does that make sense? Did that help?
0: Yes. A lot. I feel like I'm in therapy right now. (laughs) Good.
1: (laughs) You said shirt and gum. And my my son, he's five. He was, he just wouldn't stop chewing his shirts. And like you said, I was like, here's some gum. I I didn't know what to do. He's five. He wasn't really chewing gum like that. And that just kind of like, I'm like, have some gum. I don't know what to give you right now.
2: Yeah. And what happens because it's not socially appropriate to be chewing on your shirt, right? We shame them. We tell them to stop. It's not your fault. It's just societal norms.
0: Yeah.
2: Right? It, what feels more comfortable to us is to see them eating, see them moving, you know, doing something socially acceptable rather than something that externally people will see or that they've ruined a piece of clothing or, um, Yeah. But there is feelings under all of that. There's feelings under biting our nails. There's right, like all of our little Mm -hmm. ticks. If there's tags in your shirt and the kids don't like that, this is all sensory related. And in the past, we've learned from conditioning and our parents' generation. I always give a disclaimer, not their fault. They did the best that they could. Love you, moms and dads, right? But they didn't understand this. And so they just said, oh, stop. You're fine. It's fine. Like, you're going to be fine. Or like, stop crying. Or like, it's fine. Just be it's fine. You're, just, you're fine. Right? And or get over it. And we had to learn how to deal with it. Right. And what I'm trying to do is break that cycle for children of raising more emotionally intelligent children and emotionally aware children and it starts with us because we need to learn how to reparent ourselves honestly for the individuals who do want that
0: so i'm thinking i'm listening to you and i'm thinking about that meme that's like how i wake up and it's mary poppins and then how i am by the end of the day and it's cruella duvel because I think we all wake up with the best intentions to be present and loving with our children. I know that for instance, me, my kids are about to get home from school, all of my energy goes away the moment that they walk in through the door because it's like, do your homework and the sneakers thrown over here and fighting and this is not. So what do we do in those moments where we know better but then we lose it <laughs> and is yes. that <it's> normal?
2: <laughs> yes, it's normal. I was just about to say. <laughs> Just because I, I, I preach this stuff and I teach this stuff. For all of you listening, I want you to know that I got on here and I told Sabrina and Audrey. I was like, I'm having one hell of a day. So like, we all have our shit. We all, and sometimes, you know, we wake up and we're like, this is just not my day. Of course mm-hmm. we have all the best intentions, of course. But like, if you snap at your kids, if no one else tells you, I want you to know that it is okay. If you lose it. It's okay. And guess why it's okay? It's okay because you have them 365 days out of the year. And I promise you, you will do something right on one of those days. Mm -hmm. And some days you will do something wrong. And we do the best we can. The biggest piece of advice in terms of that that I can give you is anytime you try to do something on the first time, are you going to be the champion at it, or are you going to suck and you're going to continue learning what to do? You you don't get a trial run for parenting. You don't get like a, let me walk around, right? We all do the little flower baby at school or whatever the heck. I'm sure you guys did something like that in high school, right? Don't kill the baby. Yes. And I was like, yes. I don't know where the heck my flower is. I, I ate it like thir- three years ago. <laughs> you know? Like, we all do that kind of a project. But there is no practice for this. There's zero. And the amount of pressure placed upon ourselves to be these perfect human beings all of the time is not, it's just not sustainable. It's just not. And so when you snap at your kids, when you have a bad day, when you aren't feeling good, I urge you to share it. I urge you to simply show up as who you are in that moment for your children and say, I mean, I'm going to do that this afternoon. I'm going to say, Kids, I love you both. Mommy, mommy's, mommy's on blue today. Mommy's sad. Mommy's, mommy's having a hard day. And so they know, right? So they learn. I have so many DMs sometimes that they'll say, I'm so sad. I, I, I don't want to cry in front of my kids, but I'm just so sad. And mm-hmm. we have to show them. Like We have to lead by example. And if you are able to say, hey, boys, I'm having a rough day today. I'm really sorry I snapped at you all. This has everything to do with me. I'm just having a crappy day. Yeah? And like, how did that make you feel when mommy snapped at you? Not good. Thank you so much for telling me that. I can understand. You know, like having an emotionally intelligent, uh, almost adult, right, conversation because, I don't know about you, but like what age did someone like hand you a hand you a piece of paper, like Willy Wonka golden ticket and was like, Congratulations, you're an adult. You don't get to feel your feelings anymore. You must suck right. it up and swallow it. Right? Like yeah. what the hell? What age can you tell me what age that was? Because I don't remember getting a Willy Wonka chocolate ticket. Like I don't, you know, <laughs> like your tantrums, your meltdowns, that doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. It just you doesn't. Know
1: what's interesting about what you just said is culturally at least for me i was brought up like you said parents did the best they could but if you say something to a child you stick your ground because otherwise they're going to know and they're going to take one over on you and they're going to mm-hmm. they're going to see your weakness right mm-hmm. um, so i you know whenever whenever I got parenting advice from family members and things so like whatever you do, if you're strict, you strict, you stick to your guns. And I was just like, and it's so not like me because I am so aware. Right. So I've had those conversations with my kids where I'm like today really sucked. What can we do to turn it around? It's, it's me. I, you know, to the best of my ability of what I can explain to a five and a three year old, but you, it does feel like an adult conversation. Cause yes. it's just the three of us about 70% of the time here. So, yeah. I have to communicate with them the most. I'm around mm-hmm. them the most. But culturally, it's about breaking that pattern, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, are they going to see me as weak? <laughs> I have yeah. those thoughts sometimes. I will say, I'm like, oh, man, they're going to know, like, how to get over on me or something.
0: Mm-hmm. No, and I just I just had the thought. Like, if we have a generation of women that you ask them, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. Could be breaking down. I'm but I'm fine. I'm fine. Then it's We don't want that for our kids. So you're so right about that. And it's something that I never considered. I have to start being honest with them about when I'm having not only a good day, but
2: when I'm having a bad day and Mm -hmm. how I'm coping with it, right? Yeah. So there's two different sides of parenting, right? You hear this conscious parenting, or you hear control. And the don't show your weakness is a little bit more of that control side of like, I'm the authority, right? I'm the mom, you're the kids, like you do as I say. And the different way of thinking is we're all humans, right? We're all human. And don't put, because when you place yourself in that role of um, I'm the authority, do you know how much expectation you just placed upon yourself that your children will be disappointed for you later? Because you didn't show up in the way that you said you were going to, because you should be that authoritarian, and then when you do need to lean on them later on in life, they'll be like, "I don't want to parent you. I don't want to take care of you." But if you just show up as humans,
1: yeah.
2: You know, and the other day
0: emoji. Yes. <laughs> yes. But,
2: but the other too- day <laughs> I was talking to my son about something, and you guys, I'd like just about died. He. I was like yeah charlie it's a choice like it's a choice if we do this or this and there's natural consequences and blah 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 his response was okay and i was like okay and he was like i mean i don't really know what you just said but i can learn it and i was like okay like he's he soaked it in but he also was like very aware that i was like i was like it's a choice and natural consequence he was like what the heck did you just say to me but like Yeah, it is going to go over their head. It is. It totally is. But if you have that open communication with them, they will be able to say, hey, mom, what the heck did you just say? I don't understand that. Like, can you explain this? Or just keep saying it and they'll get it. Mommy's sad. Yes, I'm crying. Mommy's sad. And you know what my kids do when they see me crying? They come over to me and they give me a hug, and they're the yeah. sweetest things ever. And I don't take that as that's, that's not their burden. They don't need to be taking care mm-hmm. of you. No, I see that as open human emotion and connecting with your children and showing that you are a human being, not a robot, and not an authoritarian figure. You're just a human trying to love on them and take care of them and make sure they're alive, right? That's mm-hmm. it.
1: But it sinks in, like you said, because I've done a little bit of this because I just think about like what I would need, right? And I try to give that to them. Mm-hmm. Simple example, right? Like I, you know, we, I, I live in a in an urban city where we have to go to like public parks, and when it is just me and two little ones, it gives me anxiety, and then I get guilt because I'm not taking them. All all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But. One day they asked like, can we go to the park? And I just had to be honest, instead of saying like, no, we're not going, no excuse, whatever, I'm in charge. I just like, I really, I don't feel comfortable and this is why, and I gave all the things. So they came back with a proposition. This five-year-old came back and I was like, okay, fair, we'll go do that. We went to the park and he was like, I'm going to help you because I don't want you to feel that way. So I'll take care of my little sister and you take care of me. And I was like, okay, and you know what? He, they, were, they weren't They were running all over the place. They were asking to go to other sections of the park, which they never do, right? They're kids. Mm-hmm. They're not that mm-hmm. consciously working. But something I said clipped, and he's like, okay, mm-hmm. I want this, and I want her to feel comfortable doing this so that I get what I want ultimately, right? That's what he wants, to go to the park. And I was just so, like, blown away by, you know, and, and because of that, we, I guess in a way we – Talked each other through that process, and now we do go to the park more often mm-hmm. because we know it's not a stressful situation. But I didn't. I don't feel like I put that on him to figure it out. I just communicated, and you're yeah. right. It just starts to sink in after a while. It's mm-hmm. building trust. Yeah, yes.
2: trust yeah. rather than dictatorship. You yeah. know, absolutely. Com- emotional connections and trust. There is. You know, I think sometimes we as parents, because we do live in a world that is going so damn fast and that's a whole other podcast that so don't get me started on the education system mm-hmm. and the world moving fast. Right. But um, we forget that, like, we kind of just assume, like, don't do that. They're going to assume like they're going to get it like, oh, mom doesn't want me to do that. All right. But like they don't understand. And it, this is hard. If no one has told you in a while that motherhood is hard, I'm telling you, this is effing hard. It is hard on top of everything we're doing in life to make money or to support our family or to give a healthy meal or whatever it is. This is hard. This is exhausting. Hands down. And it's it's really it's okay. Like it is just simply okay for it to be that. It is. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I
0: feel really good. I'm yeah. talking to you today, Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> I think, mean, and
1: it, it's part of the process of not being. Absolutely, talking this through.
2: Absolutely, mm-hmm. and one thing that's super important to know is, like, again, I will say again, I preach this stuff, I teach this stuff, but I am human too. And if there's anything to understand, it's that this is a life's journey. This is. You know, we're going to show up some days as, damn, that was, that felt good. And then there's other days that are like, oh boy, that, I just, that, we'll try that again, you know, and it's okay. It's really okay. okay.
1: Well, we really want to thank you for everything that you shared with us. And I know that the listeners are going to take a lot of amazing information. Um, But before we wrap up, I'm just curious to hear from you from that mom, what's like that one mantra that you kind of live by? I think you've already shared a lot of it, but mm-hmm. for a mom who's just like, you know what, I, I don't wanna lose my ambition. I wanna do this, I wanna be a better mother. I don't wanna feel the guilt. Like, What's a mantra that you can kind of give them to get through those days where they're feeling a little lost in this process?
2: Absolutely, I would say stick with your shoulds versus your must for that, for sure is this a should? Is this something I should do? Like, should I show up at the party and be like, hi, yep, I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, you just got it rate. Right. We're great. Or should, is it a must to be like, no, I'm not fine. And I need you to sit on the couch and drink a glass of wine with me and let me like word vomit and just sit there and listen. I'm not fine. You know, like, what are your shoulds versus your musts? Like, should I do this or must I do that? And it will lead you down a path of beautiful, a beautiful journey to be able to enjoy the life that you are working so damn hard to create. Yes. Mm -hmm. And one last
1: time, where people can find you?
2: I would say go to Instagram, Brooke Weinst, B-R-O-O-K-E-W-E-I-N-S-T, half of my last name. Uh, You can go to my website, brookeweinstein.net, or check me out on TikTok. Yeah. Thank you, Brooke. Thank you. Thank you 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 for having me.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you. I feel like I just had therapy. (laughs) (laughs) I really needed that.
1: (laughs) I feel less crazy having conversations like that with, with women, but especially someone like Brooke, who is a coach and coaches moms, because half the time I'm Doing things as a parent and as a woman and as a businesswoman in ways that I've been told, whether my parents or mentors and so forth. And half the time I'm doing it in whatever I'm learning in the moment as I'm going through a self-discovery. And sometimes living in between those two worlds makes me feel crazy. So I love when I talk to someone who can just break it down and saying like, okay, you're you're on the right path, right? Like you're not crazy for doing X, Y and Z.
0: You know, and for me, what it brought up is there's a quote that I try to live by when it comes to my kids, be the adult that you want them to be. And I always saw that in terms of my habits, like I work out, I pray, I work on myself for them to see that, make it a lifestyle for them too. But then that part of just being honest about my feelings because it's, it's like we were saying earlier, it's like we're taught to hold it in and kind of be stoic, especially in Latino households. Mm-hmm. And for us to just have the freedom to be our authentic selves and let our kids have that so that they learn that emotional intelligence as they're growing up with their own partners and in their own lives, so they're not holding things in like we do, especially right. for daughters and, and other women.
1: Yeah, exactly. For I grew up in a very strict household. And while I do think there was a lot of benefits to that, um, there's something about the process of being told what to do all the time in a very strict way really stuck with me as a kid. And like, that's why I'm more open with my kids because I don't want them to feel what I was feeling. Though, you're right, what you're shown is what you do. So there are times where I start to head in that strict way. I'm like, no, I don't want that. There's gotta be a better way. So. Like Brooke said, there are better ways, there are books, but start with asking yourself what you need and then it starts to get a little bit easier.
0: And I hope that our listeners are paying attention to a theme that keeps coming up, even in last week's podcast, um, being in alignment with what you really want. Yeah. That's really what it all comes down to when you need that quiet time, that clarity to know I'm going to throw out my shoulds. My shoulds are making me very unhappy and <laughs> pressured. Yeah. And I'm going to focus on my musts, what what gives me joy, what helps me thrive. Yeah.
1: And I, I hope that the listeners caught one thing, which is this process of learning what you need is a process. Brooke said it took her a year and a half. Audrey said it was through her pregnancy and beyond. you are talking about nine months plus. This is a process you have to surrender to of asking yourself daily, what is it that you want? And it might not be clear at first, but the more you ask it, the more you'll see comes up. So with that said, make sure that you check us out on Instagram at the dot and make sure to follow for all the mindset tips to making sure that you unlock your potential and live with confidence.
0: And if you want to join a girl squad that's going to help you work on your mindset, meet other like-minded women, make sure that you check out the Dream Lab Collective on our Instagram page. Click on the bio so that you can join our monthly coaching community.
1: And have a good Friday. Happy Friday.